oh my gosh, if you get this skill set going with your kids and yourself, your potential and their potential for living a gorgeous whole life is exponentially, ridiculously, phenomenally better. <laughs> yeah, that's what this episode is about. Are you ready to have a really good life with kids? Let's talk about parenting. I'm Alora Cheek, and I'm going to walk you through all sorts of topics from education to unschooling, if you do that, to, frankly, how to get along with your spouse, your kids, and everybody under your roof. Let's get going. I'm launching into a big topic in this episode, but this is such an important part of personal growth and life and parenting that I feel so called to talk about it, and it's this. Do you know how to grieve? And have you or are you teaching your kids how to grieve? Let's talk about this. Grieving is different in different cultures and there's different ways that people go about it. But I'm not just talking about the typical times that you would grieve, like when someone passes away. What I'm talking about, although I am talking about that too, I'm talking about the grief that happens all the time in life. For example, moving from middle school to high school, there's grieving. Graduating from high school, graduating from college, a friend moving away. Having a video game that you thought would be amazing show up at the house and you play it and it's not at all what you expected. Grief. Grief comes anytime that there's a loss. And here's the thing, you don't get to decide what constitutes a loss for someone else. You don't get to decide what an appropriate amount of loss is for someone else. So what I mean by that is, say you got a kid and they're really into dinosaurs and you take them to the dinosaur museum and they're disappointed. Depending on their age, they might have thought that you were taking them somewhere where there was actual, real, live dinosaurs. And when they get there, they're disappointed. Now, can you imagine if you were a little kid, or even adult, and you thought that you were going somewhere where you were going to see real, living dinosaurs, like tall as buildings, and you show up and it's some some skeletons and some bones and some what are old movies playing in the in the background and right you're just like what is this that's a time to grieve and when somebody says to you oh get over it what happens where do you put those feelings where do you put the difference between what you thought was going to happen and then what did happen what do you do with that gap what happens to that gap isn't that what grief is my stepfather passed away and they talk about how it takes a year to begin to really process grief. Now look, grief happens in different stages for different people in different timelines. So I'm just using this as an example, okay? And what I what I noticed was is that yes, every time like the first time his birthday came up and he wasn't there, or the first time Thanksgiving or Christmas happened and he wasn't there, or the first time something happened and it would have been the time I called him to share the news with him or celebrate and he wasn't there. Grief, 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 grief. Different ways to grieve. The gap. The gap between him usually being there and him not being there anymore. And grief is learning to close that gap so that we can be whole again. Even though they're still not there. 
in the physical form even though that museum is still not gonna have live dinosaurs in it how do we close that gap and more importantly if you don't close that gap what gets filled up in there instead shame blame anger confusion discontent disappointment what begins to build in the belief system of a child who's not allowed to grieve the things that have a gap for them between their expectations and their loves and their desires and their hopes and their dreams what gets filled up and it's it's different for different people just like grieving is different for different people and it'll manifest in different ways right so different personalities might get more angry and, and experience more explosive anger some personality types will just give up They'll just be like I guess life isn't worthwhile because there's always going to be these disappointments you think about that right And you start to look around at the adults and you think when you see adults who are down and out and again I'm generalizing there's all sorts of why, reasons why people are experiencing what they're experiencing but if you look at adults in general and you look at what's going on in their lives if you ask yourself when's the last time I saw them grieve or do we ever talk about grieving or did they ever grieve that event are they still grieving something is there a gap are there all these gaps are there's all these spaces in who they are because of these losses that didn't get processed what happens to an adult when that goes on right do we know how to grieve now in this podcast I can't give you it's a huge topic all of the answers on it but I can point you in the direction of first of all saying put it on your list of things that you're going to educate your children on how to do and if you don't know how to do it put it on a list of things to educate yourself on how to do at least better than you've done it before not aiming for perfection but aiming for trying trying well, one of the ways that grieving can happen and there are articles about the different stages of grief but compassion is a big part of helping someone grieve and compassion means not pushing against where they're at it means sitting with them or listening to them or being there or hearing their story without pushing against it at all and I and pushing comes in two ways pushing against is oh you shouldn't feel that bad there's people who have it worse off now you're pushing against their loss but pushing also happens in the other way trying to push somebody into feeling better oh you should feel better and here's some reasons why and look on the bright side that's also pushing so compassion is is in that place in between either kinds of pushing where you say I'm sorry that you feel that way that must hurt there's a something called oh now I can't remember the name where you somebody says something and you just repeat something back that they said so they know that they heard you active listening I think it might be called where they say I'm really sad about this thing that happened and then you say oh this thing that happened and they just know that you've heard and you can sit in silence you can depending on the age of the person or the awareness of the person whether it's an adult or a kid you can ask them what do you need from me do you want me to solution with you do you want me to sit with you do you want me to rail against things with you do you want to go uh, you know punch a pillow together with me 
How can I be here with you in this moment? There are all sorts of ceremonies you can do. I love ceremonies. Ceremonies are like um, you know, writing things on a piece of paper and then safely burning them. <laughs> or, you know, uh, a way to mark things. A funeral is a ceremony, right? But a way to mark the difference of the before and then the after. The before the grieving happened and then the after the grieving happened. When healing starts to begin. There's all sorts of ways you can create moments and ceremonies. I'm really big on ceremonies. We don't have them a lot. I'm, we live in the United States and in the culture that I was raised in, like if I when I used to go to church we had some ceremonies there, but then you get out of church, there's not a lot of ceremonies for living life outside of religion. There's not a lot of ceremonies for, you know, turning seven or right, becoming an adult or all sorts of stuff. You got you kinda have graduation, you have marriage, but what about the levels of consciousness or the ceremonies for consciousness or letting things go or letting things in? Right? to think about that and say the New Year's, do you ever get people who sort of feel excited or feel sad that the New Year is coming, New Year's Eve? Is there a grief about what they didn't get done this year? Is there a time to reflect on what happened and what might want to change for the next year? Right. Do we let ourselves grieve at those times too? I have a um, a Kiro Apache teacher and she's uh, the 13th generation holy one and she talks about how in, in the way she was brought up the 60 days before your birthday is your take apart is your grieving time your processing and letting go and then the 30 days after your birthday is building the new you for the next year and that's so the two months leading up to your birthday you might be experiencing and feeling all sorts of things that are coming up because you're going through another cycle well every cycle requires right letting go processing the seasons also have their own, right? Leaves fall, leaves come down, leaves turn into mulchers, all sorts of things. So to take a look at that in your life and ask yourself, do we have in my family a healthy language setup um, system for identifying when we're in a grief stage, for helping moving through a grief stage? Do I have one for me? Do I have one for them? Because imagine a person who knows how to grieve right? Now you're at that stage where it's it's your stepdad's birthday and yeah you might still feel sadness about the fact that they've passed on but you're remembering the good times and you're feeling really good about the relationship that you had with them and you're thinking what would be some wonderful things I could do this year to honor their memory and it becomes a positive thing now you have people who are moving towards solution moving towards love in love in compassion with themselves and each other in a more positive state of mindset and a positive state of being. Now, sometimes we don't know we're grieving. We just feel angry and we feel upset. We, there's a loss and we can't identify it. Do we have ways to ask our children and ourselves, am I grieving something? Is there something that's wanting to be processed or let go?
Do I have a disappointment? And this is where you start to come up with different words because different personalities, different people, have different ways that they'll be able to access their own their own process. So the word process doesn't necessarily mean, it means a lot to me, but it might not mean a lot to your kid. But you can say, are you disappointed about something? Are you angry about something? Does something feel unfair to you? Did something feel unkind? Is there something you wish you could go back and change? These are potential questions that can bring to light potential things that are still stuck in the needing to be grieved cycle. Then we say, okay, well now what? You want to draw a picture about it? You want to talk about it? Do you want me to just sit with you about it? Number one thing you can do is be on the side, the other side of the grief for them. I'm picturing you whole and complete. You got this. I don't have to push against you grieving. I don't have to push against your loss because I know that no matter what, we are resilient and we are kind and we are loving and we will find our way through this. There's a lot of grief that's happening in the world. People are grieving. Our systems are changing. There's a, there's the whole thing called the fourth turning, which is a whole other topic. But you'll notice that there's lots of changes happening socially, economically, economically, <laughs> economically, politically. There's all sorts of stuff and ways of life that people were assuming could be are in a state of change which brings about grief. Is there grief in every change cycle? There might be. It might be just a blip but it's there, isn't it? The letting go? Maybe. Think about it. Right? Put it in your plan for parenting and being in a relationship, being married, having a partner. Right? Grieving. Oh. I am very interested in how to create a person who adores themselves no matter what stage of life they're in, meaning age, and what state of consciousness they're in, meaning grief cycle, a joy cycle, a take apart, an action cycle, all of these things. And in a society where doing and achieving, right, are big things, not whining is a big thing, right? All these stuff, right? Right. What about the other parts and where do they fit in? Yeah. So how do I wrap this up in this podcast? I wrap this up by saying, wouldn't it be nice if we looked at grieving cycle as a wonderful thing? Instead of, oh no, we have to grieve and this is terrible and this is awful. But oh my gosh, when we know how to grieve well, we know how to live well. When we know how to let go well, we know how to let in well. When we know how to compassion well, we know how to love well. When we know how to cry and let it out, not so that we get lost in it, but so that we can get get into a place of transformation about it. 
when we know how to let ourselves grieve, we can now let ourselves fully live and to not look at this as a burden of life or as a burden of parenting. Just like we don't want to look at winter as a burden to the cycles of seasons. There are so many wonderful things that happen with the winter when you have a place that has a winter or a fall or a spring or a summer. When you look at an ecosystem that has the different seasons, they all have their importance. When the trees are doing this and the birds are doing that and the stuff is doing this and the stuff is and it all creates a wholeness. When you look at the whole life and you look at the circle of life and you say in the circles and in the cycles and all these things going on, if grieving is an important part of it, just like the trees leaving their leaves to fall down, those that do, the deciduous trees, so that they can what? It's we grieve so that we can what? We don't grieve, period, and we're stuck in the grief. We grieve so that we can. And you think about events and times and places and things and people that haven't properly grieved or people stuck in their grief or people saying, if you don't still grieve about this, then you're not a nice person. How could you be over that? We're all still in pain about that. And the fact that you're at peace about that thing that happened, that makes you wrong. Think about that. What about saying, wow, have you grieved? Yes, I have. And now I'm on the other side of my grief. But it's okay if you're not on the other side of yours. What a world that would be, huh? Oh, I love this conversation. I love this opening of building this skill. It's not something that you're going to get. Uh, in school, it's not a class, right? Grieving is not a class. And that's not at all against the school system. It's just to say, if kids are learning what they're learning in school, when do they learn to grieve? And you could say, well, maybe my religion will teach it, but it's a process. So you can talk about grief, but you actually have to process it. And so then you look and you say, well, when do we allow the process of grief to happen for myself, my partner or spouse, and my kid? Are we actually taking time to process that? And am I noticing when? And if I can't do it because I don't know how, is there somebody I can invite into my family's sphere of help right who can maybe it's a a sister or an aunt or a counselor or a group or a community or another parent that you know do you know anybody who's good talking about this stuff who once in a while can check in or help you you don't have to know how to do all of this alone you can say I'm going to picture and I'm going to invite and I'm going to let in help with this so that my family is good at everything from celebration to grieving and everything in between. We are a holistic, holistic family always working towards our wholeness and knowing that grieving is part of the whole of life. And that if we don't deal with it, it's going to do the opposite of whole this with a W, it's going to leave a hole in us that's going to get filled with all sorts of things, whether it's an addiction or it's a bad habit for us or it's grief or fear or shame or blame. There's going to be something that fills that gap and I really want that gap to be filled with love and understanding. And I'm going to be honest with myself as a parent about what I'm grieving 
and I'm going to not make it personal. If I'm grieving life before kids, right, I'm grieving that I had more free time to myself, I'm going to grieve that because I do want to have these kids and I do want to be a great parent, but I'm going to let go of the life that I had. If I'm going to grieve that if I gave birth and my body changed, I'm going to grieve the body that I had so that I can embrace the body that I do have. I'm going to not make it personal about my kids or my spouse and I'm going to say I'm grieving a change. I'm grieving a way of life. I'm grieving an expectation. It's not your fault that there were no real dinosaurs at the museum. Although you were involved in the situation, if it was your kid and the museum and there was this communication gap or this expectation unknowing about there being real dinosaurs. But if you take you out of it and you say, this child is disappointed in this experience. It's not my fault, but they're disappointed in this experience that I was involved in, but it's about them and this experience. How can I help them grieve? Now, here's the thing. If you're a highly sensitive parent, this can be a, a rough topic sometimes because if you feel everything that somebody else is feeling when they're in grief, that means that you might also be feeling a lot of grief about their grief because you're feeling their grief, feeling the, vi the vibration of their emotions. And so the way that you can manage that is by saying, let's cry together. And eventually, with practice, I'm going to learn how to be on the side of feeling wholeness with myself while I sit with you while you grieve. But I'm not going to push away your grief, even though it's uncomfortable for me. It's too important to push it away. It's too important. It's too important to not to let this sit. It's too important. So if I have to go in there with you, we're going to go through it together. Because here's the thing. You can try and bat away somebody else's grief, but it's still there. And it's still in the room. We walk around and we're touching people's hearts and dreams but we're also if it's there and it's a part of things we're also touching on their grief and their wounds and you'll know by the conversation which direction it's heading in is it heading towards things that they want to talk about or is it heading towards things that hurt them and you can't fix everything for everyone so part of your thing might be grieving the fact that they haven't grieved <laughs> it gets a little meta, right? But you get it, right? So that there are no gaps in us, at least the ones that we're identifying, right? It's always a journey, and it's never about perfection. It's just about what comes next. And from a greater place of wholeness, we're more whole. Our children are more whole. And then the seven generations to come are also more whole. <laughs> And that's a world that I love picturing. <laughs> you just listened to the podcast, Really Good Life with Kids, with me, Alora. And if you liked it, please subscribe, like, share, do all that stuff. If you have questions that you want to submit or you want to work with me one-on-one -on -one to figure out what's going on specifically with you and your family, go to reallygoodlife.com. 